Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. Man, just had an awesome time uh, interviewing Samson today. We talked a lot about um, life, business, handling multiple different things at a time as a husband, a father, you know, a business owner of several different businesses and, and ventures. And so we talked through a lot of different things, um, you know, what it looks like to balance that um, health and fitness in general, tips to become more consistent and adhere to the things that you want to do. Um, we talked a lot about marriage, um, kind of uh, working through identity crises and just figuring out um, what it means to navigate life as a responsible uh, human being. And we talked about a lot more as well. So uh, make sure you tune into this episode. Hands down, one of my favorite interviews um, thus far. You can find Samson uh, on Instagram. Uh, his handle is Samson, S-A-M-S-O-N dot Jagoras, uh, dot J-A-G-O-R-A-S. So you can find him on Instagram there. Um, you can find his gym uh, is Pursuit in Windsor, Colorado. And that um, Instagram handle for Pursuit is just Pursuit.fit, P-U-R-S-U-I-T dot F-I-T. So great interview with Samson today. Hope you enjoyed it. If you do, make sure you share it with your friends and family. All right. So, yeah, that works. So Kevin Hall, you said, uh, and then regarding the Masters, you said like just, I guess I don't really know. I don't know if we talked about this before, but the I mean, you said obviously two years ago that you were just going to do it. Was there any sort of reason? Was it like career focused, learning focused? Was it more so I'm just going to do it to see if I can do it? Or you, what, what were your thoughts going into that? You know, it's a lot of things. Uh, I went to school originally, got my degree in integrative human physiology from the University of Colorado Boulder. <clears throat> um, always wanted to go get a master's. Right. Didn't. When I graduated, I ended up going into a trade in futures and commodities. Okay. And I've been working in business and marketing and tech since then. Right. Um, like six years ago, I really lost my health just because I was grinding in, in a startup and just part of my life, my family, and just my priorities had shifted a little bit, but mm -hmm. they went too far uh, in the other direction let my health go. Was drinking, not eating well, <clears throat> in and out of the gym, constantly sporadic, those types of things. And um, I woke up one day and was just, not happy and decided, you know, this is ridiculous. So I just went on a mission, locked up my diet, started tracking macros. And uh, over the next 10 months, just got into stupid shape. I went from like 230 to 180. I did a bodybuilding show, shredded out of my mind. Um, and that was it, man. I was, I was essentially back. Um, so then I was on a mission. Like I really, even though I was an athlete from the time I was, you know, five years old mm -hmm. to, the time I graduated college, I never really grasped nutrition like I had when I went through that transformation. Okay. And then pretty soon people were coming to me going, man, right. how'd you do it? Right. And I was like, wow, I'll teach you how to do it. Uh -huh. And then before you know it, I had like 30 people that I was working with to do nutrition. And so I said, you know what, man, I'm just going to see if there's a, a program out there that I can go to and try to get my master's online. Because one of the things that kept me from going back to do it for so long was they, you know, they make you go in and take class and like, you know, I've, I work full time. I own a couple of businesses. That's something I right. just didn't have time to do. So 
I found a program through Logan University, which is one of the oldest chiropractic colleges in the country. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> and um, they had a really great program because a lot of their doctors that were going through wanted to, you know, get additional uh, education in those specifics like nutrition and whatnot. Right. And so they had figured out like a great online program and it was just uh, affordable. It wasn't like, you know, Arizona state had a program that was ridiculous. It was like almost 30 grand for two years. This was nearly like half the price. What? So plus I had a, I had a business, a consulting business that was geared around nutrition coaching. So I could write it off on the business. So it just made sense. Um, and so I just committed to do it. You know, it was a two year program, but you had five years to complete it. If okay. you wanted to. Okay. I Dude. wasn't about to take a break. I was going to say, man, you just got to go all out. And the end hard. of every trimester, I was like, oh, I'm just going to take the next one. I'm just right. going to take a break. And they're like, <laughs> nah, just do it, man. Just suck it up. Because um, I just kept thinking about basically this last December was, you know, I'm gonna, it's going to feel so good when I'm done. So for literally for two years straight, every single lunch break, every single Saturday morning and every single Sunday afternoon for two years straight, I studied. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? You have kids, you've got a wife, you got all these other things. I mean, you just got to do it when, when you have time. Yeah. I, that's like what, you that, said before we talked here, you can't just cut one thing, one of those things out, you know, cause they're so important. Yeah. I mean, if it's important to you, you'll figure it out. Right. I definitely had to, uh, back burner some of my just time with friends and some of those relationships, uh-huh. which is something that's super important to me, but it's hard, you know, mm-hmm. cause I got to study and I'm definitely not going to miss my workouts. In the morning, I'm not going to miss my time with my family in the evenings. I have a business to run. I have a consulting a gig that I was doing. And then I'm working in, you know, I'm a, a chief strategy officer for a fast-growing tech company too. So it's, you just, yeah, you don't have any other time. But right. what you focus on is what gets done. And so like when I hear people say that they don't have time for fitness or health or this, it's like, you have no idea, man. I th- right. You, the time never shows up. No. You just make time for it right because then when you wait yeah because when you wait for the time to show up you're 70 years old and you've got dementia and alzheimer's and you're wondering what the hell happened totally 100 percent. and that's the other thing too is like people make goals they set massive massive outcome goals as if they're like standing at the bottom of mount everest mm-hmm. and they're looking at going to the top and In the only days. the only way to get there is to start taking one step right right and so like me committing to just say i'm gonna map out 45 minutes monday through friday and I'm going to have two to three hours every Saturday and Sunday was enough for me to get all the work done that I needed to do. And it was that easy, right? So it's mm-hmm. just, it's the same thing. Like anybody can find 30 to 45 minutes a day to do something that's important to them. And that's the thing too. I think people grossly underestimate the amount of time it takes to get the goal or get the desired outcome. Not in the sense of, not in, not in terms of the amount of time it takes, meaning it's going to take you forever, but if you actually focus in and hone in and really go balls out for, like you said, 30, 45 minutes, that repeated over time, that is Mount Everest right there. 100%. And, and some days you're not going to feel it, man. Some days you're going to try to go for 30 minutes and you're going to like be tired or whatever it is. Sure. That's 30 more minutes that you put into it than the dude who's sitting on the couch. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so you just, you just got to do it. And, that, mm-hmm. and, and it all adds up. Consistency is literally a superpower. It's like I, I have built my entire career off of just being more consistent. I don't need to be faster than you. I don't need to be stronger than you. I don't need to be smarter than you. Just got to repeat. I'm just going to rinse, repeat over and over and over. And pretty soon you'll get tired and I'll be ahead of you. Right. 
And uh, that's how I pretty much knock out everything. So. <laughs> you have to. I mean, one of the one of the quotes that I've been thinking about a lot lately is uh, I don't remember who says it, but um, how you do anything is how you do everything. That's okay. one. That's one thing that I've been thinking through, and it's like those those like you said those fifteen minute sessions, whether it's studying, you're doing your stretching, your mobility work, you're you know making a few meals for the week. The fifteen minutes that you put in, even though it's not the hour that you wanted to, those are going to add up. And yeah. at the end of the day, or at the end of the day, at the end of the whatever the timeline is for your goal, I mean, that could equate to hours and hours and hours and hours of practicing a discipline, which is now, has now turned into a habit. Absolutely. You know, so as like a, as a, as a father, a husband, what were some, <clears throat> and I mean, business owner, uh, I mean, you're doing so many different things. As you were balancing all of those things, what were some, what were some key takeaways for you or some key points that really helped you not only maintain your priorities and balance all of them, but just helped you keep your, your happiness and your sanity as well. Because yeah. I mean, I know that um, a lot of people out there, whether they're parents or not, they're, they've got a lot of stuff to balance and they're trying to figure out what that looks like. You know? So for you, what did you find yourself kind of leaning on to, to, to make sure you were executing and repeating over and over again without losing your mind? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, it, you know who Gretchen Rubin is? Oh, that sounds familiar. So you don't know who Gretchen Rubin is. She has a, a great, uh, it's like a personality assessment you can take. Okay. Basically help you understand how you handle expectations. Okay. So under her, under her uh, methodology, there's basically four different types of uh, personalities and how we handle expectations. There's upholders, okay. there's obligers, there are rebels, and I can't remember what the fourth one is. But uh, basically I'm an upholder, which means I'm really, really good at um, – upholding the expectations I have for myself as well as the expectations that other people have for me. Right. And so, um, in order for me to uphold the expectations that other people have for me, I need to know what those are. If I don't know what those are, I don't know how to live up to them. And then mm -hmm. I get into like a weird spot. So my, my wife is incredible. Um, she was insanely supportive and we were just very clear to each other about what we needed from each other in order to make sure that this worked. Um, and so that's why I, during the week, my school was the only time I really had to do it was between 12 and one o'clock when I took lunch. Mm. There might've been a couple of days where I had to take a test or an exam or write a paper or something like that, where I'd have to put in work. Sure. But 80% of the time I'd put it on the calendar, right? So I'd right. look at those things. She was invited to the calendar. She knew when that was going to happen. Nothing was ever a surprise to her. Um, so my whole entire day from the time I wake up at three 30 till the time I go to bed is literally mapped out. And I just operate on a block schedule. And so I'm focused on outcomes, what I'm going to do during those blocks, not necessarily tasks. The tasks are always going to be there. You're always going to have things that you have to do on your list. Sure. But I'm only going to give it a certain amount of time each day. And when that block's over, I move on with my life. And I go to the next thing because I know that tomorrow's another day. And consistency right. is a superpower. And right. I'm just going to pick it up and do that thing all over again. So, so that, I, that block schedule has helped you out a ton. 100%. If have, you saw my schedule, it's insane. Have you always been on a block schedule like that? Or is this kind of started when you started doing the masters and you were like, no. okay, I need to get a grip on everything. I mean, I've, I've been uh, fortunate enough to just grow as a professional, you know, over the last 10 years. Right. Mm -hmm. So the day I, I graduated on a Friday with a degree in human physiology and walked into a commodities futures brokerage on a Monday. So I literally have been grinding for 10 years straight. And through that, nobody really showed me just a lot of trial and error. I wish somebody would have showed me how to just master the calendar, but right. I just learned that I would like, I would overpromise, like, oh yeah, I can get, I can get that to you. Like no problem. Right. And then I would drop the ball. So it made me look bad. Right. Right. And so, um, and 
what I realized is you didn't care if I got it back to you today. If I got it back to you tomorrow morning or two days from now, that was fine. You just wanted to know when you were going to get it. Mm-hmm. So once I started just looking at my calendar and say, hey, I can't get to you this until Tuesday at 8 a.m., does that work? Everybody would be like, fine. And then I'd put it on my calendar. And pretty soon I would do that over and over and over. And every single aspect of my day was just mapped out. Right. So if I have a lunch meeting, it's on my calendar. If I got to go to something after work, it's on my calendar, you know? So when stuff came up where it was like, hey, can you do this on this day? Or can you get this get done at this point? And it interfered with something in your calendar and your block schedule. How did you talk yourself through that in order to prioritize what was important and get done what you needed to get done? Yeah. I mean, you just have, you just have your mandatories, right? There's right. certain things that are non-negotiable, mm-hmm. right? What were, work, those, what were those for you? My workout in the morning. Okay. That's never a problem. Nobody's trying to meet me at 445 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. My workout in the morning. And so either I was working person. out on my own or I was, uh, I was coaching at the gym because along the way we decided to start a gym. We'll get into that. And then, um, and then I, when I go to the office between, you know, seven and four, like that was non-negotiable. Right. So I had all my meetings mapped out for the day and the different people that I was working with. Uh-huh. I was doing a ton of recruiting. You know, we were hiring like 150 people a year. What? Yeah. That's insane. And then, um, and then, uh, yeah, I lost my train of shot. Train sorry, of sorry. <laughs> so you're like 150 people a day. Yeah. So we were hiring 150 people a year. So I had to, I had to be on point with year, that. I had to continue day. to uh, make sure I was on top of all those interviews. Right. So every meeting, every interview that I had with somebody was on the calendar. And I also had to be responsible to the people that we were training. So new people that were onboarding. Right. So, and I had different obligations there. So it's just, just master the calendar. Right. I think a lot of people just go through their day and they just let their day happen to them. Um, and I'm, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I, I'm owning my day every single day. Yep. Nothing is a surprise to me ever. Uh huh. Right. Like maybe the biggest surprise I have is somebody coming off in traffic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't control that, but the worst. Yeah. The worst. But, uh, all these Californians moving here, dude, it's insane. Right? I know, I'm one of them. I can't <laughs> say shit. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I was about to just start talking mad trash. Over here. Oh man. That's hilarious. I mean, I've been here for like 15 years now. I was so. going to say, yeah, you've been here for all you, you were here before it was really, really cool to be here. Yeah, of course. And, and come from, from I'm, California. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's why people come here now is because I've been here, you know, that's it for yeah. sure. hundred percent. Like damn that Samson guy. <laughs> he did it right. 15 years ago. Yeah. We need to emulate it. Uh, so, so the gym, let's talk about that for a little bit. Cause yeah. I know before you started pursuit, you, Zach and Sam started pursuit. You guys had chasing muscle, right? Yeah. So let's start like, go ahead and go through. I mean, the early days since day one, kind of the whole journey of what that has turned into. So backtrack when I was super out of shape and uh-huh. I got in really awesome shape right. and then people started asking me to just help them with the nutrition. So I did a few people for free and then I realized uh, free is free and I could actually make some money doing this too. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, I built up, I had like pretty soon I had like 30 clients. Okay. Um, and I met Sam at gold's gym down in Loveland. Right. And, uh, he trained his ass off. Right. And, uh, was pretty good shape, but he always wanted to do a show. And so one day I was just like, dude, let me prep you for a show. Like, I think I could crush it if I prepped you. This for is a- your first prep ever first prep ever and you're just like other than the one it. i'd done for myself sure but i said sure. let me let me just prep you for a show dude i'll do it for free and i'll I'll teach you what i know you'll learn from it and we'll have a lot of fun doing it and Damn, so i had no idea yeah so did you see that transformation the yeah. first prep yeah he was not, sure ready yeah dude um you know and he's like i think he's like four but six no i'm kidding <laughs> he's like five he's like five 
like five five, maybe five six. It might like. as well be four foot six. Yeah. Whatever. If it's not, if it's under five ten, it's four foot six. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. He, you know, he always resorts to when I make fun of how short he is, how like great of calves he has, and yeah. that's what they're go to. And then I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. yeah I'm over here wondering what next step I'm going to take where they snap in half. <laughs> You, My response you, is, you've never seen a racehorse with big calves. So, Oh, there you go. I like that one. That's good. But uh, So I prepped him for that show, and then after that, you like, um, he just fell in love with it. So then he started – he asked okay. if we could kind of partner up together. And so I made him a 1099, and he started coaching up clients as well. So it's nutrition right. coaching, right? right. You're mainly helping general population, <clears throat> not sure. really helping um, bodybuilders and stuff like that. Had a couple here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, totally capable of doing it. Not something I necessarily am super stoked about. Right. And then it's a whole different animal. It's just so much narcissism too. Yep. It's crazy. There's yep. very few people. The one guy that I prepped that I love the most, Jake Buller, lifetime natural. The guy's just a genetic freak. Right. The guy was literally made to do it, and it is not fair how easy it is for that dude to get shredded. It's insane. That's, like I mean, who do you know can cut on 250 carbs and like I mean get. diced like just diced 100 naturally yeah and that's the thing that people don't understand this is like the one percent of the one percent as far as genes oh and by the way he was doing 60 minutes total a week of cardio walking just ridiculous like that's just most people can't do that so he had a a hugely unfair advantage so me looking at that i'm like i don't ever want to compete against a guy like that you know (laughs) But uh, I'll coach you, you know, all day. Right, right. Um, and he's coming back. He just had a kid, so he'll, he'll be back pretty soon. But um, we were mainly helping general population. And then uh, one day, Zach was coaching at another gym. And all of a sudden, he shows up, and he was at Gold's Gym and just kind of brought him into the fold. We started working out in the mornings Gold's again. Gold's Gym is the place to be, apparently. Yeah, I guess. And then, um, and then, you know, Zach's got an incredible story, man. The guy was you know, 300 pounds and he was on the podcast, wasn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's 300 pounds and played sports his whole life. And, uh, after football, he just kind of lost his health and then ended up, you know, losing 110 pounds over the course of like two years. So I said, you know, you got a story that you can tell right. to people and, and a pretty powerful one. And, and if you can just guide people and share that story, like you're going to change people's lives. So pretty soon, like he had like 20 or 30 clients, especially when you're looking at general population. Yes. Cause that's a huge factor. Most the biggest barrier that we have is like, you know, we used to be athletes out of shape to us is like 20% body fat. You right. know, it's not, we weren't people who, you know, had to lose a hundred pounds, yeah, you know, totally. so that brings a whole different wave of people in who are going to relate and completely understand where he's coming from, which is huge. Totally. And, um, everybody thinks that we just always look like this too. Like they don't realize that it's like 15, 16 years of work right? that we got to this point. And, one you're of the still, things, and you're still putting in work. You're getting up at 4.45 in the morning to go work out. Yeah, absolutely. So right. one, of the th- one of the ways you bridge that barrier is through those types of stories or one of the things that you do really well, which is just like make fun of yourself and yeah. be funny. And, yeah. you know, fitness is scary to a lot of people. So mm-hmm. if you can do that, it definitely knocks down the barriers and people right. are totally into that. Um, so then, uh, yeah, so then we were all doing that nutrition coaching stuff for about a year. And then this opportunity to open up this gym came along. There was a gym owner that was in this space. He got the boot, and um, we knew the guys that uh, owned the property. Right. Uh, the Mock Brothers, Hall Phase Restoration. And uh, we just reached out to him, walked up with a, you know, basically a 10-page business plan and said, you know, this is what we intend to do. And we took all those people that were local online nutrition clients, and we flipped them into members. Mm. And so what made us different is we included nutrition guidance along with the gym membership. 
And so all those people signed contracts and we basically had enough members to pay all our expenses, our operating expenses. Right. Which is huge. And we were in business. And then, um, super big shout out to Bob and Jeff mock and Tim Bennett, who were the guys over all phase restoration. Cause not only did they help us with the property, but they also became our, they leased us for all our equipment. So, right. right. I mean, they, the, we couldn't have done it without those guys for sure, but they were a big part of our success. And, uh, so over the last two years, they've been our property manager. They've helped us, uh, get the equipment that we need. And, uh, we've been able to just continue to grow. We're about ready to, you know, build out another 2000 square feet, which is super exciting. So, um, yeah, so we formed a new business, started a new LLC and, uh, launched under pursuit nutrition right. and training center LLC. And how did, uh, when you transferred those clients over from online to in person in a gym, how, what was their reaction to that? Were they stoked? What was, how yeah, they, cause it's, cause it's two completely different things. It is. Most of them were stoked because as you know, when you're working with general population, um, they might tell you that they know how to do squats or <laughs> right. bench press or right. whatever that is. Right. They just don't, they just, they don't actually know what that good form looks like. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the way that the whole gym runs is it's, you know, it's a strength and conditioning facility. It's like when we were playing sports, you know, like there's a strength coach who's running a class, who's putting everybody through the workout, through the movements, who's walking around and correcting technique and yep. making sure that you're doing it correctly. And, uh, and people appreciate that. So it's like this hybrid between working out on your own and personal training. Right. It's just, it's not as expensive. And then we have on-staff nutritionists as well. So Yeah, because you still keep, do all your members have those, that nutritional aspect with their membership? Or is that something that they can select when they join? So for the first six months, it's included. It's, it's more okay. of like nutrition guidance, right? Sure. Um, I mean, we're you, get, could, we're getting, you can't, you're, well, one, legally, you're restricted. You can't, you can't you know, tell someone exactly what they can eat all the, all the time. And two, um, sometimes people are better off just getting general guidelines anyway. Yeah, it's, that's actually, in the state of Colorado, if you have a, like a degree in dietetics or a master's, dietetics, yeah, you, you can definitely. technically be considered a nutritionist. Right. You can't, uh, you're not an RD and you can't uh, register a dietitian and you, you can't make like medical suggestions, but you can call yourself a nutritionist. Um, but the, the other loophole is just to call yourself a nutrition coach, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. You know, it's everybody signs a waiver and all that stuff. But the reality of it is, is the biggest part of what we're doing is the same thing that you're doing with your business is just educating people. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's helping them understand the baseline fundamentals. Like let's just start by getting our calories in check. Right. And then understanding how much calories are in the food that we're eating on a daily basis. Right. Huge. Once we get that done, then we can talk about macros, right? Let's talk about getting enough protein and why that's important. Right. Then we can start to focus on, on your micronutrients and making sure you're getting a diverse you know, profile of foods and why you should be eating certain types of foods and not neglecting certain food groups. Yeah. There's definitely a hierarchy when it comes to all this, because I mean, a lot of people will just focus on, and you know, it's a part of it's to blame on, you know, the fads, part of it's misdirection, but there's, you know, a lot of people will focus on, you know, getting all their greens in, which is fantastic, but they're lifting four or five times a week and they're eating 60 grams of protein a day, you know? So it's like, (laughs) you know, there's definitely an order of things to focus on. So I think it's great that you guys start with the calories and then kind of work your way down or up depending on however you want to look at yeah, it it's because up, cause it's like building a house right it's like a pyramid right, right right like the upside down um food pyramid yep um and you're just trying to figure out you're just trying to figure out what matters most because at, at the end of the day like you said with your your schedule fitting all that stuff in it's 
repeating. That's that what matter. That's what matters. Yep. And the adherence is what comes before the consistency. And in order to adhere, it has to be one it has to be relatively simple. And two, the person needs to understand it and buy into it. A hundred percent. Otherwise it's like, they're not, it's not, it's just not going to happen. The biggest thing that I think that people are blown away at is when they just start tracking their food. Oh, it's insane. It's mind blowing, right? Like mm-hmm. I always use this analogy, right? Like we can look at anything in this room right now, that little, you know, pole that's laying on there and, and you can kind of guesstimate how long it is. Right. I can, you can pick up your cup and you can guesstimate about how heavy it is. Why can you do that? It's because you have a frame of reference, right? Right. But if you go ask anybody off the street, they go, how many grams of protein is in four ounces of chicken? They're going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And I don't need grams of what? And they're going to say, what's, what's four ounces? Exactly. And so you have no frame of reference, right? right. And so, you know, you, whatever you believe, right? You can talk about how, you know, if you're just eating like whole foods and stuff, it's, it's easy to kind of look at foods and understand like the calorie density. But we don't just eat whole foods all the time. We eat processed foods. And the calorie density is two, three times as much as what that relative weight is. Right. And you're getting no satiety for it. No satiety. So if you look at like peanut butter is a, a prime example, right? You ask somebody to scoop one tablespoon of peanut butter. Oh, right? Dude, this, is a, this was the first time. I remember the first time I started tracking food. Peanut like, butter was, was three. Yes. Three scoops. Peanut butter was one of the things. I'm like, I used one tablespoon. How was that possible? You know, I put it on the digital scale. And I was like, what? Yeah. Now wonder I can't lose weight. <laughs> That's an extra 3,600 calories a week. <laughs> right? Especially peanut butter, too. Oh, my gosh. It's insane. But, yeah, one of my, uh, one of my friend's wives, she just started tracking food because I've been – I just preach it so much because, like you, said, like you said, it gives you a frame of reference. And so she just started tracking. And one of the things that she enjoys is, you know, a couple times a week have a, have a, a can of soda. And she, I guess she barters at the door the other day to her husband. She goes, guess how many calories and grams of sugar are in a can of Coke? And he's like – 30 something and at least two, 300 calories. What did you think? And she was like blown away. Right. You know, because you just don't, you won't know unless you do it. And it's why, I mean, I know it's why you preach it so much, why I preach it so much. You have to at least understand where you're coming from in the first place. You know, it's like, I always tell people it is literally like a, it's like you're saying, Hey, I want to save more money, but I'm just unwilling to do a budget and really track as you know, what's going on. Totally. Like, well then good luck. You know, what are yeah. you going to, what are you going to do? <laughs> It makes no sense. You know, you have to, you have to start somewhere. Yep. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's great that you guys are going from calories into macros into micros because if you get those things out of whack, it isn't going to matter. You know, like yeah. some people are getting four servings of greens in a day, but they still don't have their calories under control. And so they're still over consuming and then they're still gaining weight. And so it's like, sure, you're getting your greens in, but it's kind of being offset by all the body fat you're putting on 100. and you're still unhealthy because of that. Yep. That's, you know? Yeah. It's a big, it's a big, big problem. And, uh, the, the fitness industry has lied to just a lot of people right? because they think they can take this pill mm-hmm. or they can do this workout and then all of a sudden they can get whatever they want, the body of their dreams. Right. People want the convenience of transformation without the inconvenience. Right. Right. It's like, I want to take that pill. That's the easy route. Like, well, you didn't just wake up one day and you were like 65 pounds overweight. Right. Right. Like that was an accumulation over Process. like four, five, six, seven, ten 10 years. Yep. Right. What the hell makes you think you're just going to wake up tomorrow and take this pill and have a six packs? Like, right. That's not how that works. Nope. And so <clears throat> nutrition is like, you know, 80% of it. I always say, because people, some people say 70, I think it's way more important. Than sure. That. It's 80% of the equation. Lock that up. Get your nutrition dialed in, then start prioritizing lifting weights. Because if we're talking about 
metabolism and fat loss and just looking good naked. Like at the end of the day, that's what the general population is right. after they can try to tell you it's everything else, but people just want to look good and feel good about themselves. And you got to build muscle to just bring shape to your body, which is Absolutely. ultimately going to help your metabolism. The way to do that is to lift weights. It's right. not through cardio. It's not through any of that stuff. Right. Cardio is supplemental. Most human beings can get away with doing like a couple 10 minute walks a day and take care of their cardiovascular health. Right. Absolutely. And you still get some cardiovascular benefit from lifting weights as is, you know, yeah. if you shorten your rest periods enough, you can get, you know, two birds with one stone. If you're, if you're pushing yourself. Right. And Absolutely. You, you know, and then, and then you can get into, you know, like we can start talking about performance in the gym. Like I don't do cardio at, really at all because yeah, I'm either. so focused on just crushing that workout or crushing that set. Um, so one of the things I actually started doing most recently is I actually started uh, after the Stan Efferdine a talk. You came to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, after Great Stan talk. Efferdine came out to the gym and was talking about just his approach to nutrition, I started throwing sodium in my pre-workout. Yeah. And then uh, drinking. With, so, so with the pre-workout. So I throw, I throw one gram of sodium in my pre-workout. Okay. I've been drinking Gatorade while I train. Okay. And then I do a, a gram of sodium with a scoop away. Okay. Post-training um, to just replenish my water balance, basically. I mean, right, right. You know, it's, we think that water a lot of times is the key to hydration, but actually it's electrolyte balance and sodium that ultimately dictates that. Right. And if you have too much water, you can easily offset that. Yeah, 100%. And so um, that's been a huge game changer for me lately. So what have you noticed then with the sodium? Because that's better. something that people like, sodium, like what? Something that basic. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've been doing anywhere from 6,000 to 7,000 milligrams a day. Okay. Which is a lot. Six yeah, to seven grams. I mean, the, the RDA recommendation is like 2,500. Right. Right. But it's all relative. Like some people can do an hour workout and lose, you know, 6,000 milligrams of sodium. So I'm really? a sweater. I sweat a lot. Okay. And so I, I just been taking more sodium into my diet, but the biggest thing I've noticed is, um, my endurance through my workouts. Really? You know, you're doing like heavy sets Yeah. and you're pushing through, you get to like set three or four and hit you really start to burn out. You hit that yep. wall. I don't, I haven't really had that. Interesting. Uh, my, my pumps are better. Um, my recovery has been a lot better. Um, so that's, been a massive game changer most recently that I so is make. this is this something that's like i'm sure there's some individual variants with it you know oh, yeah, like 100%. you said you definitely you definitely sweat a lot yeah. so if someone were to sweat more get rid of more water during a workout this is something you might recommend for those people or all people but then the dose just kind of depends it, de it depends on where you're at in your in your fitness career right if you're just getting started it's probably not as big of a deal no sure you're probably already uh, consume a lot more sodium than you excrete. Right. And so it's probably not as big of a deal. Um, but for most people who are at like our stage, where we're at, you know, pretty muscular workout, pretty dang hard, been at it for years. That's a big part of it. Uh, the one of the things that Stan said that I thought was pretty amazing was just, we often crave, crave carbohydrates when the reality of it is we're really craving sodium. Huh? But where do you find a lot of sodium inside of like sugary cereals and stuff like that, right? Right. <clears throat> so if you're if you're reducing carbohydrates because you may be on a fat loss program or something like that, oftentimes what you really need is sodium. You don't necessarily need carbohydrates. Huh. He even talked about that as it related to ketogenic diets too, which is pretty crazy. He said, you know, if you're if you're removing carbohydrates from your diet, you're instantly losing sodium. So most right. of these people who do ketogenic diets over a period of time, it works. And if they stay on keto, then their thyroid starts to downregulate because you need iodine and you need uh, sodium in order to stimulate your thyroid to produce thyroid hormones. So these people sure. don't realize that um, that they're doing more damage than good long right. term. You know, anytime you neglect a food group, that's what's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. If you cut, if you if you have something that you've 
made a part of your life and your nutrition for years and yeah. you cut it out, that's what's going to happen. You're cutting out a whole entire food group. Yeah, and there's tons of mi- tons of micronutrients in there that we're just neglecting as well. So. Right. I think that's one thing that people don't understand. It's like, sure, <clears throat> it's a macronutrient because it has calories, but that doesn't mean that there aren't micronutrients that come along with that. 100%. So you're cutting that out. You're cutting all those micronutrients, those, those essential things that you need to perform optimally and just live optimally. You're just cutting those right out, and then you're wondering why you have the keto flu. You're wondering why it's taking you three weeks to not feel like you're going to freaking puke everywhere. Yep. You know? Or why it worked, and all of a sudden now you're just gaining tons of fat, right. which is what happens to most of these people who right. do keto or paleo or whatever it is. It's it's a very antiquated way to look at your nutrition approach. Yeah. I, I always put it like this. If um, your, your proteins, your carbs, and your fats, your macros are like the gas in your tank, mm. but your micros are like the oil. You can go for a really long time on, on a low amount of oil in your engine. Just over a period of time, you're going to start to do some damage, right. which eventually will cause the engine to break down. Right. right? And so you're going to have to fix that by adding more oil in. So that's where I love that analogy. Come into the what, what, are, what are some of the things that, because like you said, I mean, most of, the, most of the people at the gym that you have at your gym is kind of general pop. Yep. And um, you're, no, you're starting with calories, going down to macros. What are some things that you are giving them? Um, that allow them to adhere well, because I mean, like I, like we've said so many times, these aren't people who are coming in and they're like, yeah, I worked out for 10 years. I understand the benefits of all this stuff. You tell me to do it and it's going to happen. It's more of like, you have to really try to get these people to change their, their lives. Yeah, so it's tough. What are, what are a couple of things that, that, that work for the general population? Cause I mean, that's most of, you know, the audience that is listening here that have worked for them in just starting with the basics and being able to adhere to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's that's a constant work in progress. I know you can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Um, some people come on, so there's definitely a willingness to just learn and adopt and do something different and just accept the fact that you're gonna suck at it, you're gonna mess up, you're not right. gonna be good at it, it's gonna be challenging, you're not gonna like it. We're gonna tell you to do things that you're uncomfortable doing, like. That's just a part of it. Again, like people want the convenience of transformation without the inconvenience, right? Yep. Like it's yep. an inconvenience. You've been eating like an asshole for years. You sure. haven't been taking care of your fitness. Right. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. What are you doing here? So we, we really try to make sure we're connecting with people on, on why they're doing it. That helps a ton because then I can resort back to that because yeah, that's what's ultimately going to keep you motivated. Um, and then, you know, sometimes it requires putting them on a meal plan just to get them mastering the basics and say this is what a healthy meal plan looks like right sometimes it's giving them food lists um sometimes it's just putting them straight to macros and sometimes people just adhere to it awesome it's just you got to be nimble um, but at you, the same time people just got to accept that it's gonna be work yeah Every, gotta, anything that's worth it yeah you got to meet them where they're at 100 I mean, is, is a huge part of it because if you know it's it all I, a lot of people like to say or ask, and I totally understand it, you know, how many calories should I eat in a day? And I'm like, man, you know, one, what's your goal? What is your body used to? Right. What are your stats? How much are you exercising? It's like, there are a ton of things to take into consideration here. It's not just, you know, cut and paste for everybody. Totally. Um, so no matter where you're at, you know, listening to this, you got to start where, wherever you're at, you got to say, okay, I sit on the couch all day long. I'm going to go with a 10 minute walk. Cause that's, it's doable but it's something different and a little more challenging than what I normally do. You're not the person that's going to start with, I'm going to get 150 grams of protein in a day Yeah. when you're eating 800 calories and not moving ever. You yes. know? So starting where they're at is huge. 
Yeah, um, I think I think that's a big takeaway for everybody. It's yeah. like consistency. I keep saying it, but consistency is a superpower. When I had lost my health, I was like 230 pounds and not a healthy 230. You know, I'm 220 now, right. healthy 220. And um, I I kept, I would go to the gym on a Monday and I try to lift like I used to. Uh-huh. And used to meaning like when you were playing like, football. Yeah. Dude, when right. I was back when I was playing football, I was 240 <laughs> and I could squat damn near 600 pounds, you right. know? Right. And so I was lifting like a power lifter, which is, you know, it's cool. I like being strong. Um, but by the time like Wednesday rolled around, my motivation kind of faded off because like I just wasn't in the type of shape to keep up with Yeah, that you're demanding a lot. So um, I made a different promise to myself. I said, no matter what, no matter how tired you are, no matter how sore you are, you can just show up and walk. Yeah. So the minimum commitment you're going to make is 30 minutes of walking every single day. Okay. I'm going to walk and I'm going to, you know, do this and that. And, and before you knew it, like three months had gone by and I was down 15 pounds and I was lifting every single day. And then that turned into six years and I haven't missed a workout. You know what right. I mean? Start where, start where you're at. Right where you're at. And, and, it, and like the, you got to like admit where you're at that's hard too oh, right sure of course people don't want to accept it what happened what happened with you when you were at the unhealthy 230 how did you how did you know did it just smack you in the face one day or had it been a time where over time where you were like yeah i'm not in that good of shape i should do something do something or you know what what was that like uh it was an identity crisis so mm. in high school so in high school i didn't drink i didn't party I didn't do any of that right um my freshman year family barbecue we all went around, snuck some beers, got busted, right? Right. <laughs> that was the one time I drank. Sure. But I found football. So I was so set on going to play in college. I didn't, I didn't drink. I'd go to parties on occasion, but I was the dude that, like, showed up with a gallon of water and a pizza. Right. And I, like, that was my idea right. of partying, right? Like, this is awesome. <laughs> right. Um, and so I was super focused. So I didn't drink. So, I, like, that was a part of my identity was, like, not being a, a person who drank alcohol. Then you get to college. I, I still adhered to that. And then when I, when I transferred out of Western and went to CU – um, you know, it was, it was a lot, dude. I was flying solo, paying for tuition. I'd left my scholarship right. and I didn't know that many people. Uh, I, I was dating a girl at the time when I got there and, uh, we broke up because she was just all about that party life. And uh-huh. I was like, mom and dad aren't paying for my school. So <laughs> I got to figure it out. Or I'm going back to PCC, yep. Pasadena city college. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so I just kind of gone down a path where I was just drinking more than, I probably would have liked. And then um, that kind of started to become a part of my identity, you know, stressed out. I'll have a drink. Uh, go out with some buddies, have a drink. Right. But like deep, 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 deep down in my core, that was not who I was. So I would never forget it. I, we, uh, it was a couple of buddies. We we're going to go play some pool. And we had just had our second daughter. And, um, and I was like, yeah, I'll go out. We'll shoot some pool. Casey was cool with it. We go out, we're having a couple of beers, hanging out. And then that turned into, you know, they're all single guys, right? Or like right, not, yep. don't have kids, right? Right, right. Have a couple of drinks, right? Then a couple of shots. And I have legitimately never been that drunk in my life. Like so drunk that I was standing at the taxi line. And if the taxi stopped in front of me, I couldn't tell you if it was a taxi or not. Oh boy. It was really bad. So luckily, like the taxi guy was awesome. He drove me home. Right. I woke up the next day, felt like absolute death. And I just was literally sure. like... What are you doing, dude? Like, are you kidding me? You have two kids. Your wife's at home. You just went and got shit-faced. Like, you're a, a loser. 
Right. Like that was a total loser move. Not that I'm a total loser, but like that that's how I felt. That was a total loser sure. move. And so I just was like, never again. I'm never going to do that okay. ever. Like I'm letting my kids down. I'm letting my wife down. And I have, I'm better than that. So literally for 11 months straight, I didn't touch alcohol. I was like mission driven, dude. Like I was on it. So it started with the walking thing. And then right. 11 months later, I had cut down to 180 pounds, did my first bodybuilding show. And then um, just stuck to that, man. Now I have like a drink a year, maybe. Right. Um, but there's definitely like a, a tipping point when you go, this is bullshit. I'm better yep. than this. This is not who I am. It's interesting how we have those things come up in our lives. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes that's what it takes, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a rock bottom point for me, for yeah. sure. Because um, being a dad and being a husband is some, one of my greatest achievements of my life. And I could see that as a dark path. I also come from a family of like raging alcoholics. Okay. Like my dad was one of the few that got out of there that didn't. But you know, when my dad was 13, his mom died. His dad left. Right. Just completely left. So my dad slept in the park. His brother came back from uh, Vietnam. Crazy PTSD. Wow. Raging alcoholic. His brother went on to be a raging alcoholic. My dad's the only one. He likes to drink a couple beers here and there. Sure. I've seen my dad drunk once in my entire life. Right. He's responsible because, I mean, so both you and your father had been around. You, you, you probably woke up that one morning. Not only wanted you feel bad and be like, this is, I got to change it. But you also knew what was to come if you continued to pursue oh, that 100%. because of the environment that you had been around. Yep. I knew it was there and I had seen it and you know, it's just, it, it, it is a demon of my family history that I was not willing to do. I, 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 I pride myself on not going down that path. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> so transitioning into, um, being a father, being a husband, um, you, you touched on having expectations very clear when you're trying to get stuff done. Um, what are the thing, what are the other things that you and Casey have pursued in your marriage that have allowed you to one, have a healthy marriage two, be able to do the things that you want to do, pursuing health, pursuing, you know, business opportunities, pursuing fatherhood. You know, what are some things that you guys have implemented in your relationship to allow that to flourish? Cause one thing that <clears throat> I have, unfortunately, you know, getting married in two months, I've been able to share that with people. And unfortunately, 99% of the men who, who hear about that make some sort of stupid comment about how miserable marriage is, how you should never do it ever. And it's like, I'm fed up with it, man. Like, these are some high-quality role models we have to look up to as young men. It's like, it's pathetic. You know, yeah, you got to step dude. up. So where, where do, what do you see going on in your marriage that allows you guys to flourish and do the things that you want to do? Because I know she's successful as well. You know, you guys aren't just like, holding each other's hands 24 seven and looking at each other's eyes 27, you're still, <laughs> you're pursuing things outside of the marriage. So how do you guys allow each other to do that? Well, uh, I love that question. So I am super open about this. Casey is as well. Um, our first year of marriage was tough. Like we had literally almost got divorced tough and we'd been together for three and a half years, you know? Right. And you come together as a couple. And the thing that I quickly had to learn as a man is it's not about you. Right. And so as soon as we determined that uh, it was this like serving leadership for each other, where what she needs is more important than what I need. And the byproduct that I get is she's going to fill what I, my cup and what I need. Right. But that first year, you know, we just committed to, hey, we're going to we're going to learn how to communicate. And, you know, you go into like marriage counseling or something like that. And um, 
you feel like, oh, they're about to fix this other person, right? And then you realize that we're the one that needs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You just end up working on yourself, you know? Right. Um, We all carry a bunch of baggage into our relationships. And, uh, and, you know, until you clear that up or at least understand it, you're going to have a really hard time of, you know, not taking that personal when she, whatever, she does something that offends you. And maybe that reminds you of some way your mom treated you or something like that. You know what I mean? And and so those, I'm now looking back on it. We just celebrated or we're going to celebrate our 10 year wedding anniversary. I say we just celebrated because we were in Paris. Right. We did a 10 year wedding renewal, which was cool. That's awesome. But um, we look back on that all the time and we're like, we are so thankful that that happened because right out of the gate, we got to learn the tools versus these couples who just like push stuff under the rug for five years, six years, 10 years. And then all of a sudden they just get divorced. Right. And it's like, you're going to have problems. You're going to change. You're going to grow. You're going to want different things at different times. And that's awesome. That is cool. Like we, we say we're fortunate enough to like fall in love with a new person over and over again. Right. Yeah. Cause the person I, we got married when we were 24. Okay. Right. We're 34. So like we were babies. Right. <laughs> you look back on that like, damn, we were so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you, you know, you look back on that time in your life and you're like, man, I was a totally different person. Uh huh. And I, and, uh, and I changed and I grew and thankfully, you know, Casey was just along for the ride to enjoy that. And we've had our moments and we've had our struggles, but we just always seem to just work through it and talk through it. And um, one of the things we most recently did is uh, we took a DISC test. Oh, I've heard of those. Yeah. Remind me, remind me how so that So DISC works. stands for like a, the different personality types. Dominant, right. influencer. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what S is. And then S and then conscientious. Okay. Um, so I'm a super high I, which is influence. Okay. So like I get a, I'm highly extroverted. I love people like put me in front of people, put me in a leadership position, put me in like the more people in the room the higher my energy gets like three people, man, 3000 people. I'm like, let's go. I'm like Tony Robbins in this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Right. Like it gives me energy. Um, we all fall at different places on the scale to you. So my dominant personality, I'm not super dominant. I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. I'm more like decisive. But uh, the, the other thing that it tells you with a disc test is it tells you what your greatest fear is, right? So as a highly uh. a high I person who loves people, my greatest fear, rejection, Yeah. right? Like if I have to have a hard conversation with you, maybe because it's business or whatever, you did something that was hard for me, I have to do it in a way that's not going to make me feel like an asshole because I actually genuinely do care what you think. Right, right. right. <laughs> well, my wife is high C. She's highly conscientious, conscientious right? Okay. So when it comes to her making a decision on something, she's going to cross every T, dot every I, think through every scenario, and think about everybody who's involved in it. And her greatest fear, being wrong. Uh. Right. So, so imagine she does something to offend me, and it makes me feel like the one person I care about the most right. like, doesn't love me or whatever it is. And, and then you're That's my own it. shit, right? Right. <laughs> and I have to like, tell her about that. And she, that is not even her intent at all. But right. she doesn't want to be wrong. Right. So you got the person over here feeling rejected and the person doesn't want to be wrong trying to work it out, right? We're just buttons, right? <laughs> but it's definitely like knowing that about ourselves has been extremely powerful right. to how we're able to communicate and, and work through that. It's, I mean, it's just like the nutrition stuff we were talking about. It's being in the know. Yeah, you know, 100%. Be, 
you can try to have some sort of solution, but if you're not in the know, you're never going to get there in the first place. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, we do a lot of communication and then she has also learned like, I need to fly. I'm like, there's, there are things that I was put on this earth to do that I just have to do. And I, I'm calculated in my, in my risk taking, I'm not reckless, but I need to just do these things. Mm -hmm. And she is, it's also just innately how women are is they're just more thoughtful and they think through what could go wrong. I, right. I know you can relate to this. You're like, right. let's just go. We'll figure it out when we right. get there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's exactly um, how it is. Yeah. And so she's just had to one, learn that. But what I had to learn is that I need to give her all the information so that she can uh, better understand it because she's a uh, highly conscientious person. Sure. And if she doesn't have all the details, she feels she, a little lost. She'll feel a little lost. And then she'll instantly, at least what I feel, shut down my idea. That's not what she's doing. She's just playing out the, the other side of the scenario. Right. Because I'm just like so positive. But you don't see that. And I'm you're like, you're shutting down my idea. Yeah. Right. You're just shitting all over me. Right now, <laughs> you know? Interesting. And what so are, we've just learned that about each other. That's, right. I've actually just, as of late, just like really tried to embrace that side of her and let her go down that route because it helps me see my blind spots a little bit because she's seeing it from a different angle. And, you know, if you look at the best leaders in the world, that's one thing that they're really good at is just seeing things from different angles. Because mm -hmm. if you're so dead set on what you want, there's a good chance you have a blind spot. Yep. So that helps us, man. We're just a team. It's a, she's got my back. I got her back. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is one person can't be everything for you. Like Casey can't fill this cup. Like right. you, me sitting here, bullshit and do a podcast. Sure. That's just not her personality. Right. And there's certain things that you and I can talk about that I just can't necessarily talk about with her. Right. So you can't expect that one person to be everything for you. Like it's just they didn't sign up for that. That's not fair to them. And for you to be like pissed because they don't support every single idea that you have or whatever. They're not into football or whatever it right. is. It's like you're just dumb. You know, like go have your football buddies and hang out and do that. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um so yeah, that's 10 years of marriage, that's what it taught me. Interesting. I love that. Um, with those expectations that you guys gave, once, like, well, like you talked about, starting with that master's degree, how did you guys, one, what were those expectations? And two, how did you guys communicate those to each other to make sure that um, you were letting each other know, hey, this is what I need, and two, this is how you, so you can support me in that? You read the book, The Five Love Languages? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> so Casey's number one thing is time. Okay. Quality Period. time. Quality time. Yeah. Guys are easy. Like yeah. kiss me, love me, hug me. Right. Screw me. We're good. <laughs> I'm serious. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I'm super affectionate, right? I just, I've always been that way. I come from an Italian family where everybody's kissing and hugging and doing uh, that to me is, she's not necessarily that way. She okay. is more now, but. Right. But it's not her innate, like natural yeah. thing to do. It's just be it's, all sort of touching. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. But time, spending time together is her thing. And so when the. When the clock's done at four to five and I come home, it's like I got to be on family mode. Right. And so that's why I was always doing school uh, during lunch. Mm -hmm. So that I, it wasn't really something we had to talk about. But because of everything that we've gone through over 10 years, I just know that about right. her. And so I just made that a priority for her. Uh, I'd say if you were like early on in your marriage and you don't have that quite fleshed out yet uh, probably just want to talk about it sure 
and say, Hey, this is going to take a lot of my time. You know what I mean? Is like, are you okay with that? And what is it that I can do to make sure that we have enough time together or I can fill your cup, you know, right. And give you what you need from me. Right. Um, but yeah, again, going back to year one, like so thankful that that happened. Um, it's always darkest when you're in the pit, but yeah, when, ten, 10 years removed, it's awesome. In that first year, in that first year, you said, so in that first year, you guys went to counseling. So you yep. said, what I feel like a lot, I don't know what a lot of people actually do, but I, it seems like nowadays the first reaction is to just bail, Oh, you know? So especially being that young, you know, what was it for you guys where it was like, we're going to go to counseling and just roll with it versus screw you. I'm out of here. Dude, it wasn't easy. Like she, she had reached a point where she was just kind of over it. Um, but it was cause I was, she had a, you know, when, when somebody's not feeling fulfilled, like they just kind of emotionally start to check out. So I own right. that. Like that was on me for sure. But I, I love her. You know what I mean? I just was blind. I was a young dude who just like was grinding away in a new career and wasn't yeah. paying attention as much as I could. We were broke trying to get our life started. We had a roommate. It's just like the circumstances, like being married and having a roommate and grinding and then still kind of like almost being like a college kid, like on the weekend, like, Hey, is it cool if I go snowboard with my buddies? You know? Right. And she's like, yeah, sure. And really she means, Hey, you went last weekend. Is it? Right. So she had to well, learn. She just, doesn't want to feel bad saying no, because then she's she not want to be wife. a nag. Right. Right. So it's learning how to communicate. You know what? I'm not really cool with that. Can we spend some time together? And, and I'm just super black and white. And so she had to learn, like, I'm not going to be mad if you say no. Right. And you say that you just want to hang out with me. In fact, that's awesome. Sure. Um, and I just had to be better at just being more conscious, you know, of, how I was treating her in the time that we had together. And um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of work of going back and forth. We actually went to a couple counselors. Um, the first counselor, honestly, I think she was a feminist. Okay. I'm serious. Okay. Like I walked out of that first meeting was like, if we go back, I'm going to lose my marriage because it really? was the whole, the whole thing was an attack on me. And it was Do all you- about how she felt. And it do was almost think, like they were ganging up on me. So that was tough. Do you think Casey, do you think Casey saw that in that moment? Or no. did she feel like she was finally being listened to? Oh, she was being listened to. So how did that work out? Because you walk out going, okay, I feel like I'm being attacked. And she walks out feeling like someone's finally getting through to you. You know, how do you decipher between, okay, this therapist is attacking me versus maybe I am the person that's effing up here. You know, how did you figure that out? You know, how'd you guys talk through that? You know what I'm saying? I just found a different counselor. Okay. Um, I found a faith-based counselor. Okay. Where like God was at the center. Jesus right. was at the center of everything that we did. Right. Um, and just somebody who was going to be a more neutral party and just convinced her to say, Hey, like I know we went there, um, but I'd like to also go check this person out. Sure. And we went and it was awesome. And she was bought into it and good. Thank God for that. <laughs> um, because yeah, it yeah. was, it was super helpful. And then you also, you also mentioned that in counseling, you always think you go into it with the counselor, you know, hopefully telling the other person what they need to fix. But it turns out you're being told, you're, you're realizing what you need to change. What were the things that, you know, reflecting upon the, the counselor's words and the counselor's wisdom, what were the things that you saw in yourself that where it was like, oh, shoot, I, I need to change this or fix this or work on this? What were those things for you? It was just having a better understanding of not everybody has this, 
views the world or feels the same way that you do about things, right? <clears throat> and so back to at least, you know, the disc example, right? Like Casey is very thoughtful on everything that she does. Right. Um, she's she's going to think through everything before she makes a decision. Uh, I'm super like affectionate and outgoing and she's not. She's introverted and um, a little more quiet, right? She's very, she wears her emotions on her face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like always a smile, good, bad, or different. Right, right, right. And so, you know, sometimes you just like miss, it's just you're doing a lot of misreading and things that aren't actually there. Uh-huh. Um, but it was just, it was just learning about her and like what was important to her and then ultimately what was actually important to me um, and, and why maybe I felt certain ways about certain things. I think the best thing that we did just as an individual um, in, in counseling was uh, breaking down just certain belief patterns that you have about yourself. Okay. And the craziest thing out of all of them was this uh, like insignificant feeling that I had. And I remember the counselor asking me something along the lines of, you know, what are you hearing? Right. And so I'm hearing, I'm not good enough or I can't live up to this certain standard. And then he asked me a question and it stopped me dead in my tracks, which was, now whose voice is that? Is it your voice or somebody else's? Uh, and I had never actually listened to the voice. And the voice was my grandfather's voice. It wasn't my voice. My huh. grandfather was a hard-ass Catholic Marine, right? Like right. really hard dude to get through. Ton- tons of love, but like emotionally. There's a wall. There's a wall there. You know, he's a World War II vet. Um, just, war, you know, blue-collar kind right. of dude. And, um, and then as a young boy, that's the dude you want to live up to, like his standard. But I, I, I guess low-key, I felt like I never, I never could. You know what I mean? Right. And so you realize that that feeling of rejection that you have, it's coming up. It's over my own shit, over. right? It's not, it's not Casey. She's not trying to make me feel rejected, but like talk about like the most unsexy thing you can do is just like not being confident in yourself as a dude. Right. right? right. It's like a perpetuating problem. You know what I mean? So just kind of breaking through that bullshit. I had never been that way in my entire life, but when you feel like you're losing the person you love, it's like, yeah, for sure. That was the lowest of lows. Right. For sure. Dang, man, that's wild. I would have never, I mean, it's so true because as men, we, I mean, we get huge wounds from the father figures in our life, whether that's fathers, uncles, grandfathers, whomever. Um, And so it makes total sense, you know, that 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 voice was coming from not you and what you thought about yourself, but someone else. And then you were allowing yourself to believe that that was actually you. Subconscious is crazy. It's wild, (laughs) dude. I remember um, just going... uh, when I was going through that hard time with baseball and I, had, I was working with that sports psychologist, like the stuff we were working through, it was like, I had no idea the mind was capable of such things. It's wild. Both man. good and bad. Oh yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you let yourself go down that path slippery um, slope, and you believe that stuff, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. You know? Which is why I think both you and I are just highly positive guys. Cause we've realized that the mind gets what the mind focuses on and you, you can actually control a lot of that. Absolutely. I don't feel awesome every day. I have anxiety some days. I'm, I'm feeling down some days and you know what? You shake yourself out of it. Yep. Um, I, I follow a lot of Tony Robbins stuff. I firmly believe in a lot of what he says that the, the thoughts 
are the language of the mind and the, uh, the uh, emotions are the language of the body. And so if you're feeling down and out, then you're, you're letting your mind control that and your body state's probably following it. So if you can change your body state, then you can change your mind state. And so Not even sure. when I feel like shit, I don't want to go work out. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I gave my ass to the gym. Right. Like I'm just, I got to move because I know it's going to make me feel better. I'm going to change my state and instantly the day is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to change what I'm listening to, get my, my mind right with some music or some motivational stuff to just make sure I'm on that correct path, yeah. you know? And, and then basically what I do for work, like, you know, I'm responsible to a couple hundred people and overseeing their success and making sure that, you know, they're happy and motivated. And, um, I have to be, I have to be on every single day. It's exhausting. It can be. I love it. It gives me yeah. a ton of energy, but if you're, right. if you go into it and you're not ready for it, it hits you out of nowhere. You're going to get beat down. Right. So I come in and I'm lit up, dude. Seven o'clock in the morning. I'm two meals deep. I'm pre workout up. I just got to work out. Workout. Yeah, let's go. I'm finishing breakfast and I'm high, high energy in the morning because I know that that's, I have to be for those people. Right. Right. Uh, What, so in your going into that from, from your health and fitness and the principles that you are, you are consistent with and following there, how have you seen that roll over into the business ventures that you have pursued and your success in that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love business so much. Um, I love Madwire. I've had an incredible opportunity to just be an integral part of growing that company. You know, I started, there was 40 employees. Wow, now we're crazy. like 600. Um, and it never happens as fast as you want it to. Um, planning is important, but planning is useless. You what const- do you mean by that? Expand on that. You make a plan and you have a direction for where you want to go. Um, it's never going to play out exactly like you wanted it to. It's never going to play out in the timeline like you wanted it to. Gotcha. There's only two things that you can control, right. which is you're going to adapt and pivot or you're going to give up. That's it. <laughs> you know, life, business, they're, um, it's, an, it's an infinite game. You ever heard of game theory? Yeah. Like finite games, infinite games. Right. Major League Baseball is a finite game, right? Yep. There's a predetermined set of rules. At the end, there's a declared winner. Business life, there is no, there's no destination. There's no endpoint. There's no winner. Right. People will come and go from the game. The rules will constantly change. Um, and that's a fact. So you just got to keep adapting and, and moving towards that. You just got to be consistent. Um, and so that's the same concept that I have applied to business. You know, starting the gym was a lot. I had n- never actually like started a gym at that or a business at that scale. Um, but I'm super thankful for my partners, man. I couldn't have done it without Zach and Sam. It's, it's definitely right. a lot easier to know that you had those guys and we were all in it together. Uh, we figure it out as we go. We mess up. We do good marketing. We do bad marketing. We gain members. We lose members. We yeah. gain coaches. We lose coaches. Um, and you just keep going. But it's better than the opposite, which is going, damn, I wish I should have done that. You know, that would have been such a cool thing, right? Yep. We're just doing it. And the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out. Like, right. Who freaking cares? That's better than 99% of the population who isn't doing shit. So yep. that reminds me, that reminds me, I saw this, uh, I read something the other day, a couple weeks ago, actually. And it was, you know, you're not, you're not going to regret, you know, putting the work in to lose a hundred pounds. You're not going to regret, you know, getting off the couch to go on that walk. 
you're not going to regret all the work it takes to do the X, Y, and Z. The only thing you're going to regret is not doing it when 100%. you're on the road. And it's, I mean, it's so true. There's nothing like, I mean, I think about it. I've been going skiing a lot this season. And there are some, dude, there are some double blacks that I hate. Just scare the freaking crap out of me. Yeah. Nothing but trees. Steep as all get out. Right. Um, but I make sure I do a few of them every single time I go because I would much rather fall face first right into a tree than go home knowing that I chickened out. Yeah. That's like, that's where I'm at. And every single time I have gone, those runs have come easier. And that fear is like slowly being overcome. And, uh, you know, first couple times, didn't really notice it. But five, six, seven times, I'm like, holy crap. This is this is legit. It's working. Yeah, that's it, man. Um, the other thing that I've I've been just working on lately is just uh, just solidifying what I actually want out of life. You know, you make more money. It's Biggie said it best, right? Sure. More money, more problems. More right? money, more problems, baby. <laughs> um, but it's true, man. It's there's like what they call the middle class trap, where you start to make more money and you buy more stuff. Yep. Um, Keep it up with the Joneses, man. Yeah, and you it's the the art of achievement versus the art of fulfillment, right? Uh, you buy the stuff. It's like a sign of like, oh, success. I've done it, right? Right, I made it. And you're still 100% unfulfilled, right? Because yep. at the end of the day, the thing that we're all working for the most is time. We just want more time. It's the same reason why you – we had this conversation where you said the reason I decided to do online personal training – is I'm going to get married to the woman that I love. We're going to have kids and I don't want to be trapped in, in a, a freaking gym yep. all day long just doing that. It's mm-hmm. it's not worth it to me. The money isn't even comparable, right? And so right. The, it's just the time freedom. So um Casey and I have been focusing in a lot on what we want, man. Um we've been building up our real estate portfolio. We're getting ready to sell our house so that and downsize. Like we just we're like we don't need this much stuff, this much right. space. We just don't use it, um, and we're just trying to free up our time so that what it costs to keep us alive, right? Yeah, is just not that much, uh, and that will give you a lot of uh, mental freedom and clarity to start a business or to jump in headfirst on a venture because you just don't need the money necessarily, right? right? It's not make it or break, which is one of the things that I think has made the gym so successful is the way that we did it is we all still had jobs and then Zach unwound his position in his job and now he's there full time. Right. Um, Hopefully Sam can do that too. You know, we're moving into, we'll be, May will be officially our second year. Right. And you know, both of those guys just want to be able to do that full time. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, Me, I'm handling the business operations and doing that type of stuff and just positioning my life so that I can do it. One of the other things that I'm passionate about, which is real estate, not like a real estate broker, but uh, like real estate syndication. Okay. So bringing investors together right. and helping people grow their wealth as well as just helping provide housing for people. I mean, we're in a capitalist society. That's what the government wants us to do. Yeah. And, um, and so it's something that I think is super important and as I'm super passionate about it. And so that's kind of what's next on the docket for me. It's uh, I mean, did you hit a point where you were like, I need to really prioritize what I actually want? Or oh, have yeah. you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I made, I've been in sales for most of my career. Yeah. Um, now I'm in leadership. I make, I make really good money and um, I'm very happy with where I'm at. It's not about that, but I'm just thinking about the long game. You know, I came from nothing. I, I, I want to take care of my parents. My parents, my dad's 61, still slinging hammers. 2008, they lost everything. 
Yep. So, you know, it's, it's bigger than just taking care of myself. Right. You know what I mean? So I need the time to be able to do those things and have more time with my family and my girls. And I want to be there for all that stuff. You know, yeah. I don't want to be the dude that's grinding all the time and can't show up to his kids game or something yeah, you want to bless your family tree it's longer than that Absolutely. it's longer it's longer than having the next best truck the next best whatever the next best vacation yeah you exactly got, you got a lineage to take care of absolutely and i got a ton of people that are counting on me you know right exactly which i i fully accept that responsibility that's what the good lord put me here to do so yeah absolutely and it makes you twice a, twice a better man heck yeah right. plus like you know living a life for contributing to other human beings life is like the hat where happiness lives. Like there's nothing that gives me greater joy than just seeing another person like crush it, like crush their fitness goals, crush their financial goals, their career goals, life goals, whatever it is like that gives me pure joy. Yeah. And so that's what I'm living for. I'm, I'm just trying to put myself in a position to do more of that all the time. Every day I get to do that at Madwire where I'm at. I get to do that with the gym. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, you bet, it. dude. We're all good over time. the place on this podcast. Love it. It's good. <laughs> it's all right. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this is the podcast. Podcast.